Because winning's hard. Really, really hard. Welcome back to the Winning is Hard podcast. Coming at you a few days early. Getting you guys ready for the Red River Showdown on Saturday, Texas, Oklahoma. 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC. Westcott, winning is hard for Texas the last decade against the Sooners. Yeah, no question about that. Um, the Longhorns, uh, as they have been really uh, for most of the 20 years, uh, almost 20 years that I've been following the program, um, you know, certainly that was a huge issue for Mac Brown um, in his career. Texas, uh, since Lincoln Riley took over, including uh, the Big 12 championship game, it's is one in four against Lincoln Riley, uh, one in three in the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, about a year ago, I was writing about how uh, Tom Herman had a Lincoln Riley problem. Um, in large part because Lincoln Riley proved that he was the type of offensive mind that Texas thought they were getting when they hired Tom Herman. And um, Steve Sarkeesian, I, I think, um, is going to start the, uh, you know, the first game of, of his own related narrative uh, with Lincoln Riley. And, you know, certainly this is one of those head-to-head matchups where, um, you know, Sark needs to prove that he can go head-to-head as a play caller with Lincoln Riley because, um, you know, to achieve the type of success that Texas hired him to achieve, um, he, he needs to win games against Lincoln Riley in the Cotton Bowl. Mac Brown, the last Texas head coach to beat Oklahoma in the first Red River showdown, won that game 36 to 3, something like that, 1998, I think. Charlie Strong lost in year one. Tom Herman lost in year one. Only three wins his entire, or last since 20, 2009 against Oklahoma. Um, and the, the last six years, Oklahoma's averaged 535 yards per game. But the one caveat in that, and I didn't really realize this until I looked it up, Wes Scott, was that ever since 2013, every game has been a one-score game. I didn't realize it's been that close. Yeah, that's certainly um, a departure from some of the real meltdowns that uh, Mac Brown had you know, in the Cotton Bowl. I, I feel like... Um, you know, 2011, they had that awful blowout, and that really felt like kind of the beginning of the end for uh, the Mac Brown tenure. Certainly, you know, Texas has been uh, much more competitive, but, um, you know, this isn't a game where, um, you know, just being competitive is good enough. Yeah, so let's get into this game a little bit deeper. Just an overview of Oklahoma. They are 5-0. and Coming off a, a pretty close victory over Kansas State, Wildcats kind of came back at the very end, had a chance to maybe tie if they recovered an onside kick. Could have easily lost to West Virginia. Botched snap on Mountaineers' final drive, set up in Oklahoma. Final drive, won on a last-second field goal. Beat Nebraska by a touchdown, blew out Western Carolina, and then their season opener against Tulane. Tulane also had a chance to, to win that game. Came up about a yard short on a fourth down conversion. So undefeated, but there's a universe where Oklahoma has one or two wins going into this game. What have you seen from the Sooners so far this year, Westcott? Yeah, I've been sort of uh, struggling the last few days to, to try to make sense of this because I feel like a lot of Texas fans are, are coming in this game uh, feeling like Oklahoma um, has been at least uh, underachieving at least a little bit, if not significantly. Um, I think I think that's accurate, but I, I also think that maybe this Oklahoma team is still a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. Uh, I know the advanced uh, the advanced stats still like Oklahoma 
a little bit more than um, maybe a lot of people who have just watched the games and and seen them end up a little bit more close than, than maybe expected. I think, you know, the, the big issue for Oklahoma has been, you know, closing teams out in games like uh, Tulane and, and um, you know, that um, that game against Kansas State this weekend. So I think they haven't been quite as as close to losing those games as the final score might indicate. Um, you know, they those teams, you know, for Kansas State to come back, you know, they would have needed a very statistically um, improbable comeback. And, um, you know, certainly in, in a rivalry game like this, um, I would expect Oklahoma to have their best performance of the season, uh, perhaps by a significant margin. Yeah, Oklahoma, every year going into this game, they always kind of look beatable. They were one and two going into the Texas game last year. Um, ended up winning it in four overtimes. So we know how that went. It feels like every season we look at this Oklahoma team and we're like, yeah, they should, we can beat them. And then every season, you know, it's, it's the same same result, right? Texas always falls up short by a touchdown. But looking at their overall stats this year, nothing too deep. Offensively, it seems to be their problem versus defensively. I mean, they're only giving up about 83 rushing yards per game. That's an incredible stat. Overall, 325 yards of total defense, 240 yards passing per game. Not too bad. They haven't really played any incredible quarterbacks, I guess, that really scare you with their arm. But their offense has been below standards. Total offense, 433 yards per game. That's their worst since 2013. Passing yards per game, 278. That's their worst since 2014, 10 or night. And then rushing yards per game, their worst since 2010, just 155 yards per game. Usually, when you think of Oklahoma, they always have a great rushing attack. This year, it hasn't been that with Kennedy Brooks. Um just curious, what what do you think? Do you think it's more of their, their offense versus their defense? That's what it seems to be the reaction out of OU's fan base, that the offense has been the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, looking at, you know, the uh, the overall stats here from the uh, Texas game notes. Um, it's, it's just a really strange feeling to, you know, look at this and, and see Texas significantly ahead of Oklahoma in total offense. Um, not passing offense, but the passing efficiency has been much better. Uh, they've scored more points. Uh, that's just a, a position that Texas hasn't been in for a long time in this rivalry. And even some of the really good offenses, you know, 2008, 2009, um, you know, Oklahoma had offenses that, that were right there uh, with Texas too. And so, you know, there are a couple years kind of, you know, in that, as you mentioned, Tanner Knight, uh, Blake Bell, where, you know, Oklahoma just wasn't on the level of the passing offense, um, you know, that they're used to over the last, um, you know, I guess close to 20 years or so now. And so, um, yeah, I think um, for Oklahoma, the issues the issues are really offensive, offensively. Um, you know, Kennedy Brooks and, and Eric Gray, the Tennessee transfer, uh, certainly talented running backs, but struggling to find the type of space created by Oklahoma offensive lines in the past. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week in our, our stock up, uh, stock down segment across the Big 12. Um, Bill Bettenbaugh's group is just not performing at the same level, especially, you know, that they were two years ago when they won the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in the country. And, um, you know, I think that has some trickle down effects. But, you know, at the same time, this is, you know, an offense that's used to having some tremendously explosive wide receivers as well. Guys like Sterling Shepard, uh, Hollywood Brown, 
um, CD Lamb. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple other guys. Uh, DD Westbrook. Uh, you know, so pretty much every year they've they've had at least one wide receiver who can really uh, take the top off the defense. This year they're not quite getting uh, that same level of production. Uh, they're they're certainly a talented group, and and Spencer Rattler. Um, has plenty of talent, but, you know, he's been struggling a little bit like Texas has to be able to hit um, some of those downfield passing routes. And, you know, I think this is a game where uh, Texas really needs to to keep Oklahoma from breaking through in that area. Uh, certainly made some strides against TCU and in, in, in keeping those uh, balls from going over their head like they did in the Texas Tech game. Rather stats from last year. They are down 252 yards per game passing. It was 275 last year, 7.9 yards per attempt. That's down from 9.6 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions, about close to one per game. He only threw, I believe, seven all of last season, so close to tying that. And so as we get into our, our keys of the game, there's a stat I want to read off to you, and you might have, might have seen Alex Loeb tweeted it out after the Oklahoma game. On passes 20 yards or more downfield. I'll do it for Rattler and Casey Thompson, but for Rattler on passes 20 yards downfield, he's three for 12, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. But for Casey Thompson, he's three for 15, three interceptions and one touchdown. So it might be an oversimplification here, Westcott, but I feel like Saturday's game could come down to which quarterback can find the big plays. I think that's going to play a big role. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to be the defining factor. I think, you know, the two things that I always look at going into the the Red River um, showdown is, uh, you know, which team can can win the battle of the rushing yards. Uh, you know, that's a factor that, that really often defines the game. Certainly, you know, Texas has really struggled. Um, you know, getting Mike Stoops fired was, uh, was amusing at the time um, with that big win in, in 2018. Uh, certainly, it hasn't worked out very well uh, for Texas going against Alex Grinch, who likes to play, you know, a lot of line games, a lot of uh, slanting, twisting, uh, stunning from the defensive line. And Texas has really struggled with that. Um, the running backs really, you know, haven't been able to produce much. Sam Ellinger had a hundred yard uh, rushing, hundred yard rushing game um, last year. The the running backs were never able to get going. Um, Bijan Robinson still a little bit banged up in that game. Um, after that fall that he, he took on the hurdle, the failed hurdle against Texas Tech uh, two weeks before. And then um, in 2019, Roshan Johnson had a 57-yard run uh, that kind of gave Texas a little bit hope, of hope uh, that they could come back in that game. But, you know, other than that, in the last two years, uh, not much going for the Texas running backs, um, regardless of, of what happens, you know, with big plays in the passing game. Um, you know, if Texas struggles to run the ball as much as they have in the last two years uh, with with their running back, um, then I, I think it's going to be really difficult uh, for Texas to win this game. And, and um, you know, the second thing, certainly the turnover battle is always a big factor. And that could be maybe where the, the downfield passing game uh, comes into play a little bit more since uh, both quarterbacks have uh, put the ball at risk um, at times when they, they try to take those shot plays. Yeah, and when folks say that, you know, Rattler's having a down year, you know, he, he might be statistically, but I, I feel like with Rattler, kind of the same way with with Mahomes, the Mahomes comparison is when Mahomes drops back to throw, you're scared of the, the big play, right? He can find Kelsey, he can find Tyree Kill for 50, 60 yards. Rattler hasn't been able 
to do that this year. He's had one 50-yard touchdown pass to Marvin Mims. But besides that, you know, that those 20 yards are downfield stats, he hasn't connected on those big plays. And Casey Thompson hasn't either. So that'll be something to watch out for if, if either quarterback can kind of get hot passing. Rattler was really efficient against Kansas State. I think he only had three incompletions in the game. And yet, you know, people were talking as if the sky was falling for Rattler. Um, but interesting to see how that plays out. And then like you touched on the rushing game too, looking back at the stats from last year's game, I mean, you you can't, I'm at a loss for words because besides Sam Ellinger, Bijan Robinson had 17 yards rushing. Keontae Ingram had 15 yards rushing. Roshan Johnson, negative three yards rushing. Ellinger had 112 yards rushing. I mean, without Sam Ellinger, I think Texas gets blown out. I think we all knew that just watching that game. I I couldn't even believe the game was going to overtime just because of the way Sam brought them back in that fourth quarter. But we talked about the keys to this game. I think if either team's offensive line can win the battle in the trenches, I think that'll be key because Oklahoma's O-line, they have their issues. Texas, you know, we're still up and down. We'll see how they perform without Okafor for a full game. I'm just curious, do you think – do you think either team has an advantage in the trenches going into this game Saturday? I think I think the Texas defensive line has an advantage against the Oklahoma offensive line, um, you know, which isn't playing, you know, to the standard that they've really set under Bill Bettenbaugh. Um, when I look at the Texas offensive line versus the Oklahoma defensive line, I I think that's going to be a, a really close matchup and, and that's going to be hugely important um, to the out, uh, outcome of the game. Um, just a couple of stats on the Oklahoma um, run defense. Uh, first down rush defense for Oklahoma. Uh, opponents have 74 carries for 201 yards. That's 2.72 yards per carry. Second down, 45 carries for 140 yards. That's 3.1 yards per carry. You know, Texas had eight yards per carry on first down um, against TCU. So they were really able to get uh, some chunk plays on first down. They were able to stay ahead of the chains um, and stay out of those, those third and long situations that are, are so difficult for the passing game. You know, certainly Texas, even with the strong first down success rate, uh, struggled passing the ball on third down against TCU. And, and I think, you know, they've, they've just really struggled so much. Uh, giving up negative plays to Oklahoma over the last two years. Um, they've just been, they've been playing, they haven't even, you know, been playing from marginally ahead of the sticks. They've been playing behind the sticks. And, you know, with a pass rusher like Nick Benito coming off the edge, uh, Texas certainly, you know, really needs to stay out of those uh, third down and long situations. Yeah. Let's look at uh, so just real quick the uh, the tackle for loss uh, numbers uh, the last two years years for Oklahoma against Texas 2019 15 tackles for loss uh, 64 lost yards for Texas uh, last year 10 tackles for loss 40 lost yards for Texas so the Longhorns uh, you know really need to limit those those negative plays against this Oklahoma defense or it's going to be really difficult to get the offense going. I'm curious to see how Oklahoma game plans for B. John Robinson because they face some really good rushing teams. Nebraska is one of the top rushing attacks in the country. 
held them to under, I believe, under 100 yards. Uh, West Virginia, Kansas State had zero luck running the ball. So the, the run defense hasn't been the problem. Their pass defense has, has been pretty solid. Um, I'm curious to see what, what, what Alex Grinch comes up with against this Texas offense that statistically is one of the best in the country. Um, any other thoughts on keys to the game against Oklahoma? Yeah, I would just say that, um, you know, with, with the type of line games that Alex Grinch likes to play, I, I think that gives Oklahoma um, a pretty good chance of of being able to control the, the Texas running game uh, without having to commit a lot of extra resources and expose themselves, um, you know, to having, you know, a lot of Texas wide receivers uh, running down the field wide open. Um, but, you know, Texas, I, I, I think – it's going to be difficult to run the ball on first down. And so I think they're going to need to make some plays on first down in the passing game. Um, Oklahoma is giving up uh, nine yards per pass attempt on first down. Um, they've allowed 28 plays, passing plays of 15 or more yards. Whoops, this is, sorry, this, that was last year. Uh, let me go back. Okay, so uh, nine yards per attempt on first down. Uh, so far this year for opponents against the Oklahoma defense. Uh, they've given up 15, 13 passing plays of 15 or more yards and 10 passing plays of 25 or more yards. So that's, you know, 16% of all passing plays on first down against Oklahoma have gone for 25 yards or more. So I think, you know, play action, uh, being able to take some of those uh, shot plays, you know, Xavier Worthy, uh, Joshua Moore, uh, certainly the opportunities should be there for Texas um, to hit some of those. And um, so, you know, I think that there's a good chance that, that Grinch will try to stop Texas uh, with pretty honest numbers in the box and, and make sure that, um, you know, he, you know, might play with two deep safeties in this game uh, to try to take away some of those shot plays and, and uh, win up front with, um, with honest boxes. Do you think it's going to be a, a low scoring game or high scoring game because honestly I could see this being low scoring for a Texas OU game. Yeah, what's the um what's the over under for the total number of points? I think 63. it was like 63. I think that sounds I think that sounds about right but um I mean I would be tempted to take the under. Um certainly I, I thought that Texas Texas Tech game was going to be lower scoring and it you know turned into you know a shootout with you know, 105 points scored in that game. Um, so, you know, I might be totally off again, but, you know, I, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that, that this could be um, a game with the with the under, um, you know, unless it goes to overtime, you know, as it did last year, which really um, inflated the scoring significantly. Yeah, it was 31-17 going in the fourth quarter. Texas tied it up. It was 31-31 going into overtime. Four overtimes later, the final score, 53-45. But... One score game every year dating back to 2013. Okay, let's get into some buy or sell. I got five questions for you, Westcott, to wrap up with. First question Is B. John Robinson the best running back in the country? Buy or sell? Buy. Um, he's number two in, in rushing yards right now uh, behind Kenneth Walker at Michigan State, the Wake Forest transfer. Um, I went back and, and watched some of the highlights of, of Walker, and I, I just don't think that he's as good as Bijan um, in the open field, the ability to make people miss. He's number one in missed tackles right now. Um, and, you know, really like 
all of the numbers that we're talking about have been deflated. I think we kind of touched on this maybe last week, but, you know, Texas has had three of its five games, you know, as blowouts in their favor where, you know, Bijan barely played in the second half. And so, you know, we saw, um, you know, against TCU, the ability that he had to finish in that game uh, with some of those huge runs um, against a tired defense. And, um, you know, he even mentioned that after the game, you know, how enjoyable that is to go out there and know that the other defense um, can't stop you, that they're worn down, that they're just not physically capable of doing it at that point. And so, you know, I think uh, him showing that ability and the ability uh, to really finish games, I I think uh, makes him the best in the country right now. Second one for you. Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12 title by herself. So Oklahoma still has the favorite. That's I know FPI, you know, has Oklahoma still as a favorite. And, you know, honestly, it's it's remains a deal where, um, you know, I asked C.D. Lamb about this. Um, and he didn't really have an opinion at, at Big 12 Media Days two years ago. But, you know, I asked him if Texas has to go through Oklahoma to be back. And um, he didn't have a strong opinion about that, understandably. But that's certainly my belief that, um, you know, Texas can't be the favorite to win the Big 12 in, until they beat Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. These – the four weeks spanning from Tech to Oklahoma State – can really just change the trajectory of this program, I think. Because after after that Arkansas game, I think everyone in the Texas fan base, media, whatever, kind of thought it's going to be, you know, a rebuilding year, just first year under Sarkeesian, no expectations. But after this game Saturday, if Texas does win, I think it's going to change a lot of things, which brings me to my third question for you. Texas has to win against Oklahoma on Saturday by herself. For this to be a successful season? Sure. I'm going to buy that. Um, and the reason for that is primarily because of recruiting. I think if Texas makes the Big 12 championship game, you know, if, if Texas makes the Big 12 championship game, the on-field results would be a success, even if they lose on Saturday against Oklahoma. But for this season to really be a success – Texas has to convince recruits in the 2022 and 2023 class. They need they have to give them something to believe in because recruits haven't been buying this Steve Sarkeesian and his staff the way that they did with Charlie Strong and Tom Herman. They weren't they're no longer buying the hope that the staff is selling. And I think that's absolutely justifiable right now. And to make the impression that Texas needs to on those recruits, especially to finish this 2022 class the way that they want to. And a lot of big-time prospects are going to be in attendance. Uh, Evan Stewart, the five-star wide receiver who is a Texas commit. Uh, Cam Dewberry, one of the top offensive line targets. There's going to be a lot of recruits who aren't there who are going to be paying close attention to this game. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm buying that uh, because Texas has to win on Saturday uh, to accomplish what they want to in recruiting. Yeah, that's a really good point to touch on the recruiting aspect of it. And obviously, you know, the worst case scenario for every one of these games is getting blown out. But I think specifically this season, a blowout loss to Oklahoma would just be devastating, not just for the locker room, but just for Texas recruiting and for Steve Sarkeesian. No question. Fourth one for you. Texas defense has been a bit concerning this season. By or so? By, um... I think the biggest concern that I have about the Texas defense is the way that 
the defensive line has been underperforming, um, especially on the interior. Uh, there are really high expectations that Keandre Coburn would be disruptive. Um, he only has a handful of tackles right now. Let me uh, pull this up really, really fast. The number of tackles for Keandre Coburn, three. He has three tackles right now through five games. Here's a short list of players who have more tackles than Keandre Coburn. Vernon Broaden, Adele Adeaway, Keaton Crawford, Jet Bush, Baron Florals. Um, that's just not enough production. They haven't been getting enough production from Moro Ojimo. Alfred Collins really didn't come on um, until recently. Uh Ovi Okofo had, you know, a good debut against Louisiana. He hasn't been able to maintain that threat outside. Um, certainly, you know, those big passing plays uh, that Texas gave up against uh, Texas Tech are, are still concerning, you know, in situations where you just, the only, the one thing that you really can't afford to do is let a team throw the ball over your head. And they allowed that to happen uh, three times. So I am buying that, um, you know, the, the defense is a concern right now. Um, I don't think they're playing quite up to the level uh, that they should be playing at primarily uh, because of the defensive line. But, you know, that group in the secondary is, is extremely experienced too. Uh, you know, those long passing plays, Deshaun Jamison beat twice, uh, BJ Foster beat once. Uh, those guys just have too much experience to allow uh, that type of thing to happen in those situations. Yeah, one one sack against TCU in just three tackle for losses. Duggan had, had a lot of time, and um, I don't feel comfortable giving Rattler the same amount of time. If, let me say, say it this way. If Rattler is going to be as comfortable in the pocket as Max Duggan was on Saturday, I, I think it could be a long game for Texas defensively. And I think they have been a little bit better at disrupting quarterbacks than they have about – you know, producing, you know, the big sack numbers or big tackle for loss numbers. Uh, but certainly, you know, Rattler's not a guy that you can allow to, to stand in the pocket, as you're saying. And last one for you. Saturday's game will be a one-score game for the eighth straight season. Buy or sell? But I, I don't think there's enough separation uh, between these two teams to have, um, you know, an outcome of – of more than one score that's you know certainly where the trend has been in this series and i, I do expect that to continue line is that three and a half do you have a, a prediction for saturday or nope <laughs> no conclusions here <laughs> no con- we have to change the name of the podcast we may have to be the no conclusions podcast <laughs> conclusions is hard podcast <laughs> conclusions are hard podcast yeah there you go i i never have a good feel for Texas OU games. It just feels like every, I don't know if it was just under Tom Herman and Charlie Strong, but it felt like every Red River showdown, Oklahoma came out ready to play and, and it took Texas like the first quarter to kind of get their bearings. I, that, that's how I felt just watching the game. Like, especially last year, it took forever. Texas didn't score until rather through that interception backed into his own end zone, right? Besides that, the Texas offense just didn't show up against an OU defense that going into that game, there was a lot of questions about it. So this year, I think a good start for Texas is key. Um, Coming back after that TCU kickoff return, I think was huge just to calm the Texas team down, especially on the road, especially against a team that 
you know, quite frankly, had owned UT over the last decade. So I think it's the same thing against Oklahoma. You know, obviously it's not a crazy thing to say, but it just seems that Texas has always got off to a slow start while Oklahoma has got off to a better start in these games year after year after year. And I, I think a, a fair amount of that just comes down to, to pure coaching. You know, each offense is going to come out with scripted plays, you know, based on, on the scouting that they've done um, of the opposing defense. Um, Tom Herman did not have success with that. Um, so we'll see uh, what type of success um, Sark has with that and, and what type of game plan uh, Pete Kwiatkowski dials up to make sure that Oklahoma can't get off to a fast start. Last question for you. Bijan has to rush for over 100 yards for Texas to win. Bye. I don't see Texas winning, um, you know, without having success on the ground and Success on the ground is, is certainly uh, B. John Robinson having enough carries and uh, having enough production to get to 100 yards rushing. Any other thoughts before we wrap up? It's uh, 101 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, and Oklahoma sucks. There you go. They still suck. Also, shout out to all the questions we got. Um, I guess because we didn't answer the questions the first time, everyone's just refused to ask us anything, but it's fine. You know, we'll figure it out ourselves. You know, me and Wesco will ask the tough questions if you guys don't want to. <laughs> Wesco, I appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to Monday. Um, strangely, I don't feel as concerned about this. I'm more, I'm more concerned about the Oklahoma State game in two weeks than I am the Oklahoma game for some reason, but um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. All right, man. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Horns go up. Winning's hard. Really, really hard.